<laughs> well, people, I kind of feel a lot of people would like to be taken to that city right now because everything is kind of crazy, right? When you think, you ain't just like on the first, everyone thinking, New Year, New Hope, yeah! And it all just started to fall apart. Oh my days! It's insane, right? Insane. But um, I think something that does seem kind of crazy, I don't know, right? Because you have a load of people really going at um, US Vogue <laughs> because of their. Well, they're Kamala Harris cover shoe pictures. And I don't really get it, to be honest. I mean, like, I don't know. Some people are like, oh, she looks scruffy. You mean? And then some are saying, oh, they look a little washed out and all of that. Now, listen, I will say, right? There's there's two shots, right? There is the one that was used And then there's one of her in a blue suit And I mean, both You could probably say are washed out But I would say It's just maybe a little more sedate Right? It, it, it's not Flash And I kind of feel that's the way to go Right? Because, firstly, it's a politician, right? Who gives a fuck? It's a fucking politician, man. Let's not go too crazy or anything like that. You know what I mean? I, like, it shouldn't be flash and, you know, extravagant. Because politicians are lying fucks. You mean whoever they are You know what I mean It's just like yeah, Come on what are we doing Right and um, I, I just kind of feel it's, it, it just, There seems to be a lot About this It's just a kind of pointless it, It's pointless bullshit You know what I mean Like listen You've got Kamala Harris on the cover Yay but firstly, I mean, what are we celebrating here? I don't know. I have no clue. You know, like it, it the photos are from a prominent black photographer. You know, so I feel that you know everything is getting done. You know, it, it's not the I don't know for me, right? You know, what I mean, it's not the big deal, and both pictures are fine. You know, like, both pictures are fine. I think the biggest issue with these shots is the type of Vogue, right? Because, you know, it's using the gold face, and it's just, like, it's lost, right? It, it's lost, really, in both images. That's the biggest issue for me with both of those covers. And the blue, like, I don't know, there's some... There's some back and forth about Oh, Vogue promised that they would use the blue suit cover I'm just like, listen 
you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not that that is so much better than the other one. I'm like, you know what I mean? I don't get it. I don't get it. And I just think, is this, <laughs> is this the hill people want to fucking fall on? With all the craziness happening, this is it. This is the the big argument. I was like, calm the fuck down. It's a fucking cover. That's what it is. It, you know what I mean? It is not earth-shattering, people. It really isn't. Now, there is some earth-shattering shit that's been going down. Actually, that's kind of hyperboil. I mean, earth-shattering. What are we talking, people? It's nothing's earth-shattering. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. But, um, yeah, there's shit that's going down that, you know, probably more important. So, I don't know. I, I feel 2021 should be, let's get a grip. You know I mean? That should be the big thing. Let's get a grip. And let's get into this week's episode. All right? Okay, so, um... Yeah, I guess, you know, probably should mention that crazy film that, you know, everyone saw last week. You know, the the Wes Anderson kind of mashup that was airing in Washington. I mean, it did look like the cast of some weird Wes Anderson... Farley Brothers mashup, right? It was insane. I don't, I don't understand. Really, I am baffled. Baffled. You know, because it's like, it seemed like, right, you just had people that were marching, people that were marching on the Capitol, which is fine. But then all of a sudden, some decided, let's go inside, right? Now, it's weird that there wasn't really that many police there. That Like, that seems just strange, you know what I mean? Especially when you've seen other, you know, um, protests... You know, happening last year, where there were so many, the National Guard, all of that. So it's something as big as, there's, what was it? It was the, man, American politics is mad confusing. I mean, to be honest, politics in general is mad confusing. But what, this was the handing over of power? Something like that, right? Bringing in Biden, which... To be honest, I thought it already happened. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I think that's what was happening. So, like, for something like that, I'd have thought there would be a force there. But for some reason, there wasn't. So, these weirdos, these (laughs) weird, weird people, decided to break in. Right, decided to break in the Capitol Hill, which you you kind of think it seemed pretty damn easy, right? 
pretty damn, I mean, the, the people that were there just opened the doors and let them in, which, I mean, that in itself is very weird, very weird, I have seen some great memes and um, gifs, gifs, yes, I I don't know, some people say gifs, right, I don't know, I'm saying gifs, 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 blah, gifs, um, but yeah, there, there was one with them climbing up to the Mario music, which, hey, that, that, that was genius, so I hats off to the, to the son of a bitch that did that, because that was funny as hell, but, um, yeah, they break in, now, the thing, the thing that gets me, right, these miscreants, these, uh, weird, 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 weird people, because they, most of them are dressed up like they're rejects from, um, YMCA, right, the village people, yeah, it was the village people, it's not like, I don't get it, I, like, what, what's the deal with all of that, with the, the face paints and the, the fur and just all of, it's an odd one, it's an odd one, and also, right, that, I think white privilege was thrown around a lot, and won't say white privilege, Right, because there was a mix of people there. So, but I will say privilege, right? Because these numbskulls, these numb-nighted morons, they they broke in to the fucking you know White House, right? The Senate building, the chambers, and all of that shenanigans without masks. Right, they're on camera smiling and waving with their full face. Right, these are motherfuckers that do not know police harassment. It, it seems clear from that because anyone, anyone that like has dealt with that shit on the reg, you know. Right? You know it's all about covering up your fucking face. You know, turning your back to any sort of cameras. You know what I'm saying? Hey, even when you're doing some shit that isn't really that illegal, still, he's still hiding the face. You know what I'm saying? These fools, right? They just seem so smug and happy. Which, yeah, you have to, I feel brain scans need to be done on these people. But, um, you know, there, there's so many pictures of them grinning, like holding up things as, you know, souvenirs and all of that. And then a number of them, like, tweeted from their own Twitters. Right? It was like, oh, did you like the picture of me and all shit like this? I'm like, what are you doing? Right? Now, they weren't arrested for being there. But I'm like, yo, it ain't about leaving fingerprints, people. You know, it's like that's the biggest thing. You're like, well, 
you know, I broke in, okay, maybe, you know, a little graffiti to show, you can point out to people, oh, that, that's my tag, man, you see my tag, but, hey, ain't about putting your face up on there, right, so, now, <laughs> it's all said and done, now the arrests are starting, <laughs> Like, they've got your pictures, people. <laughs> they've got your pictures. Like, did you not think there would be repercussions? Oh, jeez. It is insane. Right, just seeing people arrested at the airports and everything like that. <laughs> I mean, there's no sympathy. Right? No sympathy. I heard, um, like they crushed a policeman or something like that. Which, hey, come on, man. Look, I I have no issue with people protesting, but hey, it's gotta be peaceful. Like it's gotta be peaceful. Like you, you know what I mean? I think what five people died. I don't know how, you know, three of them, like, so there's the police officer that I heard got crushed, then there's the woman that got shot somehow, don't know what happened to the others, right, but it's just, yeah, it's a mess, it's some crazy ass shit, and I mean, the one thing that really, I mean, it did seem very similar to the all the Black Lives Matter rallies, Really, because with none of these people just don't seem to have a fucking agenda, right? It's the thing that baffles me the most, right? If you're gonna do something, it needs to have a purpose. But all of these fools, they get in and then they're all like, oh, what do we do now? Like, they seem to have no idea then what to do. Like, they've done it. Now it's just wandering around taking pictures. Baffling. Truly, truly baffling. But yeah, I I do find it so, 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 so funny that now all of these numb nuts are getting arrested. I'm just like, ugh, you just you made it way too easy. Right? Way too easy. I'm also a little bit baffled by the Confederate flag. Because a number of them had the Confederate flag. Right? And I'm not under the belief that everyone that supports Trump is a racist. Because I think drawing those kind of assertions is kind of foolish, right? It's stupid. Because not everyone is. You know what I mean? Like, I think with the way all these political parties are, there's not an an abundance of choice, right? So you're kind of left with just a few options. So I kind of think, you know, there's a lot of people that just aren't, right? And as another thing, 
I'd imagine, like with most protests that go wrong, a lot of these people probably didn't even vote, right? A lot of these people, I imagine, aren't really Trumps. You know what I mean? They just wanted to call some shit. Wanted to call some shit. That's why they were doing it. Oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Yo, the one video that was just... Crazy, crazy and funny Was the woman that got maced Right, I mean uh, If I remember rightly She's wearing a uh, A purple Jacket Like a, Seemed like it was a velvet jacket With a um, A keyboard scarf Something like that But it was a weird It was a weird kind of mishmash Like she had on kind of I don't know, like retro clothing. Like that was a weird thing. All of these motherfuckers, they're they're wearing like Victorian clothing a lot of them. I'm like, what's going on, you weirdos? But yeah, some for some reason someone's you know decided to interview her and she's crying. You're like, oh, oh, they maced me. And I'm just like and they're like, no. What? She's just like, oh, I was coming out of the building and they maced me. And they're like, why did you go? And she's like, oh, it's a revolution. We're taking over, man. I'm like, you dumb motherfucker. I'm like, go, shut up. Like, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you're breaking into this big fucking renowned building. And and you you feel that you should be allowed to just uh, do whatever the fuck you want. I think amazing is yo. That's some mild ass shit, right? There's, there's people that were protesting in other places, in other countries, who yo they're getting shot, right? So you getting maced, hey? So no 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 no. There's no crying. You fucked up. <laughs> and, and that was your retribution. You mean that's what happens? God damn, these people. They're just. They're morons, man. They are straight up morons. It is insane. But, um, yeah. Not the best film from, uh,. Anderson and the Wafali brothers, gotta say that, right? Okay, so, they want to impeach Trump. I think that seems to be the big thing right now. Try for a, a second impeachment. I didn't know that you could be impeached twice. Well, you know what I mean? They, they could try twice. Like, I thought... I thought it was like that double jeopardy stuff. You know what I mean? You fake a fake an attempt to kill your spouse. Um, they arrest you, then they find out, oh, we got it wrong, and then you do it, and then they can't go after you again because they've already gone after you. Actually, I don't even know if that's true. Right? I think I saw it in a film. It was in a film, right? Was it with um Oh, it was the woman with the hair. Oh, she's annoying. 
Oh, gosh. I want to say Julia Roberts, but it might be Nicole Kidman or it might be someone else of that ilk. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Is that true? I feel double deputy is a thing. But yeah, I didn't know that you could, you know, be charged with impeachment again. But supposedly you can because that's what's happening right now. Now, I did wonder, right? I'm like, huh, so what's the deal? And so what I've been able to deduce, and to be honest, right, just between you and me, I'm not really researching hard on this because I don't know. I don't really care. You know what I mean? I don't really care because... It's like the thief calling the other thief a thief. That's what all of this really seems to me. You know what I mean? You've got people like Nancy Pelosi, who basically has lied, lied, and been caught lying so many times through all of these lockdowns. Right, you've got all of these dirty, rotten politicians pointing fingers. So it's all a bit, uh, come on, man. But, yeah, so I what I've been able to deduce is this is around incitement to violence, right? So they, they say that he ushered words... That created a violent rally. And I don't know. Right? I, I, I've got two thoughts on this. Um, so bear with me, people. Bear with me. Right? Because, listen. He was talking about, you know, how you know, the, the, the uh, election was, you know... Fake and all of that, which who knows? Who fucking knows? I mean, listen, we I think everyone knows there is always corruption with these things, right? And the other side knows because the other side were claiming it, you know what I mean, four years ago. So to now go, oh no, there's never a, there's never corruption in elections is Yes, kind of two-faced, right? But the whole thing is, could there have been the corruption on the level for him to lose? That's the whole thing, right? But to to be honest, who cares? It's done. You know what I mean? Just pick up your ball and go home, right? Pick up your ball and go home. But, you know what I mean? He's been talking this for, well, ever since... This shit went down in, uh, I want to say November. I want to say November. I feel that's when the election was, but who knows? Time is weird right now. But, um, you know, so yeah, he, he was talking this stuff at the um, rally, right? Which, as I said, look, it is something that he's been talking. So I, I can't, I don't really say that. In itself Is an incitement for violence And even 
think he, he said something like, um, let's march on the capital. Let's march on the capital. You can't say that's an incitement to violence. I mean, if you're going to say that's an incitement to violence, then, I mean, you kind of have to arrest a lot of the people, the Black Lives, well, a lot of the Black Lives Matter rallies. Because there was a lot of calls to march on a town hall or march on this place. So words of march on, I mean, it's walking. You're saying, let's walk to this place. Like, that in itself isn't. And, I mean, look, people will say that, oh, there was intent with that. And I'm just like, ah, look. To add intent to words that, on their own, are fine, is a very big stretch. And it's also, come on, people, that's just, it's a disservice, right? Because we are now deciding to take away accountability, you know, because it's kind of saying someone says march on, so oh, I heard let's you know create violence and rampage. Like I wouldn't have done it if he hadn't have said march on, right? That was the rally call. That was a call to action. Ah, all right. Ah, no, that was on the numbnuts that did it, right? Because. I don't know, it seemed like there was a lot of people out, right? It seemed like there was a lot of people there. And not everyone did it. You know what I mean? So if those words are an incitement to rally, well, an incitement to violence, then you have to say, how is it that all the other people didn't? Because I wouldn't say, I don't know, I, it, it's hard to tell, but I wouldn't say it was half half created havoc and half didn't. It wasn't that big a number of people. You know what I mean? So let's say a, a fifth. A fi- I don't even know why I went to fifths. Could have said third. I don't know. But fuck it. A fifth of the people went nuts. Then what? Why did the other fours, four fifths, not? Right? Because if it is a call to violence, if the words are so incendiary, everyone would do it. You know what I mean? And look, when I say everyone, it doesn't actually mean everyone, but most of the, the majority of the people there. Would have done those things So the fact that they didn't Then you can't really say The words are incendiary Right, you can't really Say That the words are This thing And we have to Hold the people that did it accountable Right, they're the ones that chose To do the thing Now, we can definitely say Trump is a numpty. Can say he's a moron. He's an asshole. He is. Right? There's no doubting that. 
Now, every arsehole can do things that are good. Because he has done some good things in his... Oh, what do you call it? His run? His campaign? His term? His term. Yes, there has been some good things. Right? They brokered the peace treaty in the Middle East. And there was other stuff, right? But... He's... Yeah, he's an odd duck, right? He's an odd duck. And he, he, uh, yeah, he quacked a lot, right? He really did. But, right, you can say that, yeah, he, he's not. He's not the dude that you want to be a figurehead, right? He is not the um, calm hand at the wheel. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's not those things. He's a moron. But to try and say, just because you hate him, that he incited that. Ah, I don't know. It seems like a stretch. Now, I do think the reason... The big reason for it is, if he's impeached, this is what I heard the other day, he then can't run again, right? He won't be able to run again, because the thought is, in 2024, would it be 2024? I guess it would be 2024, he would, um, or is it, are they saying 2028? I don't know. But he, he's going to try and run again, right? But if he's impeached, he can't, right? And I think someone said he loses a pension or, or some other stuff, you know what I mean? Which, let's be honest, that doesn't really matter. He's filthy rich, right? He, like, you can, I think, mean, you know, a lot of people have cancelled their contracts with him and all of that, I mean, they've cancelled the contracts for now, right, but hey, people are gonna fuck with him down the line, you know what I mean, like, people are gonna fuck with him, someone's gonna offer him a reality TV show, right, he's gonna have, he's got all the money he's got, and he's gonna have more, right, so, Cutting off pensions, all of that, it doesn't really mean anything. But, yes, I think the main thing of the impeachment does seem to stop him from being able to run again. Right? So, yeah, I I kind of feel just, yeah, just say it for what it is. (laughs) I think you might have a better chance if you just... Yeah, you didn't try and hide behind, oh, yeah, he incited a riot, and all of that kind of jazz. If you were just like, he's a moron, we do not want him to run again. So, um, who's with us, right? If you just went like that, there's possibly a better chance. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We will see. It's all very fucking weird. All weird. And I have to say, what is kind of insane as well? Is all the other numbnuts around the world who are like, oh, oh, have you seen America? Oh my gosh, how bad it! I'm just like, listen, 
right? We're all in glass houses. There is no throwing stones, people. Because, I mean, we look at our governments and just as crazy shit has gone down. Right in the UK, it's all the Brexit stuff, all the lies and the cheating and the bullshit that went around that and other stuff. Right? We got parties being accused of anti Semitism, anti Semitism, empty, hmm, hating Jewish people. Right? The racial bullshit that's been happening. Right? It stinks. Right, so for anyone here to be like, oh, America's dreadful, and be like, yo, mm, calm down, <laughs> you know what I mean, calm down, and it's the same all over the world, because politics is dirty, right, it's dirty, it's foul, and also, <sighs> no one looks at this shit and goes, yeah, that just shows all Americans are... Anyone that says things like that They're morons too Because as I said You can't just look at One small group and go That represents everyone Because if you do You're a numbnut You're just as bad So yeah I don't know All of this is nuts right And hey We're going to have to wait a little while before we get clarity, but, um, I don't know, it's an odd one, it's an, you know, you just watch it, and it just seems like, um, one of those sitcoms, (laughs) you know what I mean, that's what it's, it's Sunset Beach, it seems like a crazy fucking storyline from Sunset Beach. So, there's a place in the UK called Blackpool, and it's a seaside town that, I think it used to be huge back in the day, right? It was one of those spots, but now, not so much, right? Not so much. I don't know, Uh, maybe you could say it's similar to Atlantic City, you know? That could be a good correlation. Uh, But, um, yeah, I think a lot of people that go there now are um, stagging hen parties from, yeah, what I, you know, what you can deduce. A lot of people that, yeah, venture there for those sort of weekends, right? It's one of those. Or, um, yeah, it's just like, Drunken get-togethers and and that kind of thing, but I don't know. They they see themselves as a family resort, which yeah is a strange one. But you know they see themselves as a family resort, and um, because of that, the council has decided to um, bring in new laws. So these laws will uh, restrict, really, and just look to kind of eliminate sex shops and um, yeah, the uh, kind of sex trade in the area. So at the moment, I mean, uh, they're saying they've got there's four 
like um lap dancing clubs and um i think a few sex shops right so all of those places it says that you know once a lockdown ceases they yeah they they will be allowed to operate but when their licenses run out or if their licenses are revoked for any reason then um that's it they will not be issued new ones which yeah i don't know it seems like an an odd move right because i don't know they're saying they they, they want to be seen as this family town now their thing is oh we're going to take um we're going to take the sex away but it doesn't say you know what they're then going to do like how they are going to make it you know better like what new family things they're going to bring it's just, no, 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 we're going to keep it the same, we're just going to shut down the lap dancing clubs, which, you know, you know, families aren't going into, like, it, it, it's not really affecting the family, it's a, it's a weird move, right, it's a weird move, and, um, I don't know, like, they, 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 claim that doing this will also help their accreditation with the white ribbon um charity which is something that has been created to end violence against women and that doesn't make any sense either you know because i i don't know I, I don't believe there's a huge correlation between, you know, lap dance clubs and violence. You know, I, I think it, it's something that maybe it does help, right? It, it get, you know, because you get people that are, I don't know, pent up, maybe, stressed. So they go to these spots, unwind, you know what I mean? And so, they, yeah, they're not being crazy anywhere else, right? They're just paying to get dances, which also is an income chain for um, a number of people, right? So, if you're getting rid of all of this stuff, how are you going to help the, the women that are employed there? Right, so that's the weird one. Now, if they were like, we want to move the clubs off the main street, right? But we will issue them premises somewhere else. You know, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I get that. I understand that. You know, that's fine. Because they're still allowed to operate. But you're, you're closing things down. Things that really, they're, they're not... <sighs> You know, it a little kid isn't gonna stumble in one, right? Not gonna stumble in one, and it's really, you know, for the most part, it's not, you know, because these places they're not really overt. You know, you don't usually walk past and be like, "Oh, sex club," you know what I mean? So 
it, it's a bit baffling. The whole move seems a bit baffling, and it just seems to be, you know, something that's probably going to be detrimental to the income of people, right? So, yeah, it it's a weird situation, weird situation, and you do kind of feel, instead of doing crazy shit like this, just legalise it. You know, just legalise sex work and everything like that across the board. Take away the stigma. You know? And I think just these kind of things help. You know, they help. And kids, frankly, they know what's going on. They know what sex is. Right? But you're creating... By eliminating stuff like this, I think you are... In fixing that taboo upon it Right, so you just It's not helping anything In in theory, you're just kind of making it worse You know, a family face It can, you know, sex can still be involved Actually, not, no I, I should reframe that We're not in a family place We're not talking incest here, people No, 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 no but, you know, what I mean is, it doesn't have to be, like, I don't know, PG across the board. <laughs> you know what I mean? For families to have fun, right? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But, I don't know, we'll, we'll see if this helps Blackpool. Because I have the feeling it's going to hurt them. It's really going to hurt them with, you know, trade, income, and all of that. So, yeah, we'll we'll see if they end up reverting this decision, you know, down the line, which I imagine they will. Okay, so, you know, going through all the news and everything like that, and I come across a story, headline, covid Parents warning after daughter 25 dies. So you're like, oh, what's this? This is going to be, this must have some really big news. Some important fact that everything should, everyone should know. There's a picture of the daughter, right? That's one of the first things you come to. Well, it's, I think it's a video, some video. But the main, the first image that you see is of the daughter now it's a family they're from wales i cannot pronounce some of these welsh names are crazy crazy like listen uh, nothing on you know the places it's just the names are so hard to pronounce just from looking at them you know if you if someone told you what they were you yeah they're easy but when you just look at them you're just like Wait, how am I pronouncing that? What does it even say? Anyway, right, so this family, you know, it's the two parents, husband and wife, and their daughter. And they all got, well, this is the confusing thing, because it says they all got COVID over Christmas. Which, you know, I don't know, because it it sounds like the parents got it first. Right, they got it first, and you know they they it was a bit bad, 
like they think they both went into hospital for short spells, which at that time, so what it doesn't say is they all got it at the same time because if the parents got it before the daughter, then the daughter should have been somewhere else. Like, why are you at home? It's just it's confusing. It's confusing. But the biggest thing, so the daughter gets it. And, you know, she's not feeling too well. So she she says, I'm going to go check myself into hospital. Right. And they put her on a CPAP machine to help with her breathing, everything like that. But the parents say, you know, when she went in, they figure, oh, you know, sure, she won't be in for long. Right. But, you know, the neck, they didn't hear from her until the next day. She makes a phone call. And that's the last I ever heard from her, right? And she died. And, like, the thing about all of this, the parents are like, listen, we want everyone to know. Like, the big news isn't, there's no big news. It's just the parents going, look, we we did everything right. We stayed at home. You know, we didn't go out. So if we can get it, you know, and our daughter is dead, then, hey, I think anyone, it shows anyone can get it. So everyone needs to, you know, stay at home and be safe and blah, blah, blah. What they're not talking about, though, this is the thing that really baffles me about this, right? So they mentioned that the daughter had um, a complex regional pain syndrome, you know, um, which meant that she used crutches to walk and she had high blood pressure right but it says um but her parents say it was nothing that meant she would have been at more risk and i'm like well i you know they've said high blood pressure isn't good right and if she's got a regional pain syndrome that would kind of speak to her immune system being a bit lower than normal. The big point that no one, no one in this article, like the the reporter, her parents, no one is mentioning the daughter is overweight. You know what I mean? The daughter, she's straight up she's clearly overweight now that's not a jab you know that's not throwing stones like trying to be mean but this is a bigger point that has been mentioned now it's not something that you know i'm overly hearing the you know the the local authorities the government the nhs talk about but when you listen to a lot of experts talking about COVID, you know, a key thing is health, right? So if you are overweight, if you are unhealthy, that does make you, you know, a, a person at risk. And it, I feel it is really unhelpful and just bad reporting when you have these stories about people dying there's this girl she's 25 right and so i guess that's why they wrote this story you know that's why it's you know 
front and centre on the website, visits us like a 25-year-old girl died of COVID. A unhealthy 25-year-old girl died of COVID. You know, let's let's stop playing games, right? Let, let's stop with the bullshit. She's not healthy. You, The mother, she's not overly healthy herself. You know, it, it's a crazy thing. If, look, you want to talk body positive, you want to talk all of that. Yes, not everyone needs to be a size, you know, I don't know, six, a zero, crazy, skinny and thin and all of that. No, that's not what anyone is, you know, saying. But. You need to be healthy. You need to try and be healthy. You know what I mean? Uh, And, yeah, if you're not, you're at risk. It's as simple as that. So let's stop playing these bullshit games. It's frustrating. It's disingenuous when you you talk about it like, oh, this person was not at risk. They're clearly at risk. They're clearly at risk, so, you know, let's be real people, let's be fucking real, you know, yes, it's sad she died, no one wants people to drop dead, you know, that's a, that's a sad thing, especially, you know, a 25-year-old who technically should have at least, what, I don't know, let's say 50, 50 years, you know, 50, 55 more years at least, I think, 80, 75, 80 is like the, you know, the the kind of threshold point when people kind of die, right? You know, the odd, the outliers can stick around into their 90s, sometimes 100s, but on the real, I think 80 is pretty decent, you know what I mean? So yeah, she, yes, technically she had, you know, a lot longer to be around, But, if you're not healthy, right, you're at risk, you know, she's got high blood pressure, which, you know, that's a good indicator that she was not healthy, (laughs) you know what I mean, even that, without COVID, the fact that her blood pressure is crazy high, you'd think, I need to um, address that, you know, that, that, that puts me at risk of, of a heart attack, you know, so, yeah, let, we need to stop, we need to stop with this bullshit, it's 2021, people, it's a new year, time to put the best foot forward, time to try and live a healthy life, you know, which then in turn, hopefully gives you a longer life, but what do I know, you know, I'm not technically a doctor, I'm a doctor of common sense, motherfuckers, you know what I mean, and the common sense is, be healthy, don't die of motherfucking COVID, you feel me? Alright, well last week, you know, we were talking about part four of the chilling adventures of Sabrina, as the series, you know, came to an end, which, hey, gotta say, it was enjoyable, you know, I enjoyed it, I liked it, you know, ended on a, um, you know, a decent note, 
that hey wasn't all roses and the like. You know what I mean? But it would seem this week the um the show has got itself in some some problems. I mean, it's the show on Netflix, let's say. So, yes, you know, the last season is now out. So, yeah, they're doing a lot of uh, press and promotion, which, you know, nowadays, you know, that kind of thing involves social media, right? So, um, Netflix, well, I know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, the Sabrina account, right? They, they sent a tweet out. Right, and it read Sunday Bloody Sunday, and it you know it had a a lot of the cast members you know splattered in fake blood. I remember seeing it. It was very you know harmless, very harmless, but <laughs> oh dear, nothing. Nothing seems to be harmless these days. So it says a load of fans replied to the tweet, pointing out that offence could be taken due to the 1972 Bloody Sunday killings in Northern Ireland. And um, I was like, oh, people, get a fucking grip. You know, so Netflix put a statement out. Put a statement out, you know, which is, you know, a load of people, that's what people do these days, you know, and it read, our tweet was unacceptable and has since been removed. I'm like, say what? Your your tweet is unacceptable? Come the fuck on. I'm like, listen... If, you know, this event had happened, you know, last week, even, you know, last month, yes, you could go, ah, I mean, you know, what about those people that were killed, you know, last Sunday, you know, the news was referring it to Sunday Bloody Sunday, you know, don't you think... Uh, you know, then using those same words to promote your TV show, Netflix. Don't you think that's a little bit insensitive right now? Families are still mourning. Right? You could say that. You could say that. But, right, this ha- this happened, you know, like, what, 50... You know, 50, what, one years ago? Gary, it's just like, what What are we doing? What are we... Look, there are so many things in history that we reference. or And we joke about. And, you know, it, it, it's not jokes about, you know, how silly that was. Be like, oh... Look at look at those poor people dying in a concentration camp. Oh, 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 how funny! No, a lot of times you're joking to, you know, help people cope with the events to point out the irony of situations and things like that. And 
Three words. Sunday, bloody Sunday. You, you could... You know, those in themselves do not... They do not kind of just reflect what happened in Northern Ireland. It's ridiculous if you were going... Those three words are off the table. You can no longer use those three words in a sentence. Because you could upset people, you know, from 1972. What are we doing? Like, what the fuck are we doing? You know, how many times do people mention, like, the First World War? You know, like, people died in the First World War. A lot more people died in the First World War. The Second World War. You know, there's the Iraq War, the Vietnam War. There is countless programs, films, documentaries, songs, you know, written about these things. So, when it comes to history, you know, like, we, we need to stop trying to do this bullshit where it's just like, all right, we can talk about that. We can't talk about that. You know, oh, all right, fine. Yes, that war we can talk about. Oh, those killings. Mm, no, can't talk about those. Those killings, yes. You know, people talk about, you know, all these serial killers. The amount of jokes about those people. And ones that, you know, technically weren't really that long ago. You know, that happens all the time. Mance, the Manson family, all of that. Why is it that's fine... But this isn't. I'm just like Netflix. I don't know why they sent out that that stupid. Our tweet was unacceptable. No, your tweet wasn't unacceptable. Right? Look, whatever we say, you look. You're not trying to say things to harm people and upset upset people. Like I'd say, you know. The majority of people aren't trying to do that. Now, obviously, sometimes, sometimes, see, you know what I mean? If you're in a bad mood, if someone's been getting on your nerves, you might say something to hurt them. But for the most part, most of the things we're saying, it's not meant to hurt people, right? It's not meant to cause upset. However, look, with all the... Different types of people around in the world You know There are people that will have had A adverse experience To something that you might be talking about In jest We need to understand Not everything that is said Is aimed at us You know what I mean Not every person's joke Comment is a backhanded slight. Sometimes it's just a comment. If I don't know you, if I don't know what you've experienced, how am I meant to know, you know, that, oh, someone in your family committed suicide? Yo, yo that's really sad. Yeah, but I didn't know that. So what I said wasn't at you. You know, you can, conf- listen, 
obviously, you, you know, it might invoke some sadness, but you can't put that on me, because I had no knowledge, you know, so, yeah, we need to stop this craziness, because it's insane, it's insane, and I think the the more companies like Netflix talk stupidness, like, our tweet was unacceptable, then people are going to continue and expect this sort of bullshit, right, people, calm the fuck down, calm the fuck down, you weirdos, you know what I mean, god damn it, Elon Musk seems to have, well, he seems to be able to do anything, right, he has got countless companies, which is, it's kind of crazy, right, you know what I mean, he's got Tesla, SpaceX, the boring company, um, what is it, there's a, oh gosh, an AI one, um, something like OpenAI, right, he's got countless, and now, you know, he's got something else, right, he, he has got a new company, <laughs> which you're just like, well, oh, Neuralink too. you know what I mean, he's got Neuralink, and yeah, new company, Starlink, he does seem to, he's adapting Link, hmm, there's a trend going on here, but yes, he's now got this company called Starlink, which is a, um, well, it's a satellite internet company, which, you know, I think when you say it, it's a bit like, what? but actually, it's, you know, it's a good idea, and there's a few other people that have talked about doing kind of things, I think, um, oh, what's the Amazon dude, that's Bezos, Bezos, Jeff Bezos, I think it's Jeff Bezos, right, well, yes, I mean, like, he was talking about, um, having a similar thing, you know, offering, um, and he was talking about offering internet to Africa, I, I don't know how far he's got with that, but, um, yeah, Musk's Starlink, you know, that's a thing, and it's just been, uh, given a license in the UK, right, so, yeah, coming to the UK, which marks two services in the UK, right, so there is this one, and, um, yeah, then there is another one called OneWeb, right, which, um, Eh, you know, I don't know, they seem to be in a bit of difficulty, they just got bailed out by the government for some reason, who knows what, some backdoor dealings, I imagine, but yeah, you know, so um, he will be beaming internet services to people from satellites, well, what I don't understand, right, it's saying that his satellites have been dubbed Dishy Muck Flatface, and you kind of think it's just easier to say satellite, right, it takes longer to say Dishy Muck Flat, you know what I mean, like, what, what are we doing, I think 
and giving someone a the nickname is meant to be easier and quicker to say than the actual name. That's the whole point of it. Like, you don't create a more elaborate, complicated thing. Satellite, real simple. You know what I mean? But yeah, weird. Uh, now, I think it's going to be very helpful to some because, you know, last year, right, internet usage went through the roof. Went through the roof. But unfortunately, there's some parts of the UK that were like, um, yeah, we got shit internet. You know what I mean? Like, we can't access all this stuff. And then they were in trouble because so many people were on it. Now, these people, uh, they live in the sticks, right? So you kind of feel, meh, fuck you. You decided to live like the Waltons, motherfuckers. But anyway, you know, they now get their um, picture card settings and the possibility of internet. It's a weird one, right? Because the government had been talking for for the last few years that they're going to improve internet services for everyone. And they really haven't. So now, with um, the advent of, you know, Starlink, hey, those little country bumpkins could possibly now be able to, um, you know, get their Pornhub access going. So, yeah, it's all good for them. It is a bit pricey right now. You know, so for the equipment... It says that it's £439, and then they would be paying £84 a month, you know, for the broadband. It doesn't say what comes with that broadband, because if it's just literally broadband, that's kind of, but, you know, if there's a TV, if there's TV um, and other shit, Coming with it, you know, phone actually probably wouldn't be phone, actually, it could be phone, who knows? But if there's more to it, then it's kind of a comparable price to other services, but yeah, it's a bit pricey. But if you do not have internet, then you know, the, this is the burden that you have to wear. But, you know, like, if we look at many things, the cost of mobile phones, the cost of laptops, computers, you know, even, you know, you know, um, satellite TV and all of that. Back in the day, when that shit first launched, that was all very expensive, too. So I imagine that this price will go down. Um but yeah, it's an option, so um, not bad, and uh, you, you have to wonder, what the hell is Musk going to do next, I just found out the other day, now I probably knew, but I just forgot, but Musk, you know, he created PayPal, so, you know, the, the, the big things that he's created that are very useful, you know, it's kind of crazy, 
Right? So, yeah. What's Musk gonna do next, people? I wonder. Okay, people. So, this week's chin check. Hey, we are back to fight. Because it's fight week, people. UFC is back to fight Ireland and a big showdown at the weekend is Calvin Cater against Max Holloway. So we break down the card. Oh, and it's a good one. So once you are done with this, go check out Chin Check and people tell your friends. Right? Tell your friends about Chin Check. Tell your friends about Echoes from the Void. You know what I mean? Share that love, people. They will thank you for it. So, let us get back to this week's episode. It is always good to get surprised, right? And, yo, sometimes you see things advertised or you hear about them. And you think, ah, it could be interesting. What's it going to actually be like? And you watch it and it's a letdown, right? Sometimes it looks really good and then, ah, yeah, it's a bit like, ah, man, I just wasted all this time on this shit. But every now and again, one of these things, yo, it surprises you, catches you off guard. And gotta say, Lupin, the new Netflix show, yo, hey, yeah, that's a good show, it is a good show, right, so, it is created by George K and Francis Uzan, um, who, you know, they both wrote it, it's directed by Marcella Sad. Uh, Ludwig Bernard and Louise Leturieu. Uh We got um, Matthew Lumbul as the composer. Um, Isabelle Degoris, Nathan Franck, and Martin Zubert are the producers. Christopher Nunes and Mathilde Schmitz. Is the cinematographer? I, uh, you know, it, it's um, well, ah, uh, they're doing that thing, right, where they take a series, a limited series, right, and they split it into two parts. So it's ten episodes, but they've split it. So the first part, which just hit. Netflix on um, Friday, is it Friday or Saturday, I don't know, the 8th, the 8th of January, that's the first five, no word on when the next five will be coming, but they will be coming, um, and all of this, it's, it's based on the work of Maurice Leblanc, right, who was a, a French author, you know, from whoosh, back in the, the day, man, he, yeah, so, um, I think this character was created in 1905, so he is old, very old, the weird thing, I think, is, um, 
you know, when you look into him, it's saying that the character is often described as the French counterpart to Sherlock Holmes. And you kind of look at it and you'd be like, I don't see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're not really the same. Other than, like, this whole, you know, sleight of hand mystery thing. But other than that, they are not the same at all. So, yeah, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. But, you know, people do that, right? But, yeah, it's this character, Arson Lupin. Right? So, um, that's the inspiration of this. But... It isn't actually a show about Arsene Lupin, right? Um, got some talented actors involved. So Omar Sy, he plays Arsene Diop. We've got um, Ludovine Sagnier, who plays Claire. He's... Um, I don't know what you would call her. They're kind of together, but not together. They've got a son together. But, um, yeah. Yeah, the son is Rael, played by Etienne Simon. Uh, we've also got Vincent Lundes, who plays Captain Roman Lugier. Um, yeah, he's like the, the dude chasing him. We got Shireen Botella, who plays Lieutenant Sophia Belcam. Right, and um, then we have Herb Pierre, who plays Hubert Pellegrini. Uh, we have his wife, Anne, who's played by Nicole Garcia. And his daughter, Juliette, who is played by Clotilde Hezem. Right, and um, basically the gist of the show is this, right? The story follows professional thief Arsène Diap, the only son of an immigrant from Senegal who had to come to France to seek a better life for his child when Hassan's father is framed for the theft of an expensive diamond necklace by his employer, the wealthy and powerful Herbert Pellegrini, Hassan's father kills himself out of shame, leaving the teenage Hassan as an orphan. 25 years later, inspired by a book about gentleman thief Arsène Lupin, his father had given him on his birthday, Arsan sets out to get revenge on the Pellegrini family. Using his charisma and mastery of thievery, subterfuge and disguise to expose Hubert's crimes. So, um, yeah, there is, ain't the the um the series kind of jumps right so we have um kind of free time periods so when Hassan was a boy and we then have him as an adult and then the present day right they're the kind of time periods we we play in here 
but it is always obvious, you know, what is happening. And it seems that I think I kind of get this sense that the episodes are framed oftentimes around a book or a um a story that Lupin was involved in, right? That's the kind of gist of it all. Uh, the first episode involves a necklace. And this is a good place to start because it's the same necklace that his father was accused of stealing. So, um, yeah, it, it's all around this. And I have to say, it was very smart, right? I think you you look at a lot of these shows around deception and sleight of hand and all of that, and you can a lot of the times you 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 can see where it's going. And I think with this one, like I think you got it up to a point, but then they threw in a little you know a little twisty twist at the very end. Plus, another little twist, which did make it fun, right? And, and kind of threw you a bit, which then opened up the overarching kind of story. Because I think as things go on, you learn more about the, you know, Hassan's father's theft. And, you know, I think it's it's not much of a spoiler to say, yeah, his dad wasn't really a thief. You know what I mean? I, I think everyone gauge I mean, you get this from the giddy up, but you know, just from the kind of sense of it all, you know where uh, things are playing in that, you know, in that court, as it were. But I think the thing, every episode. It plays on different themes and different things, but the whole necklace theft is something that kind of runs through. So as we go on, we're learning more and more about it. You know, we get these new nuggets of information, and I, I, I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot that you're still kind of trying to wrap your head around. Also, there is um, something that we see, I think it's maybe in episode two. It's either episode two or three. And um, we see a certain... No, it's episode two, definitely. Because the uh, same thing happens with Arsan. Um, and, yeah, we see this thing happen. But it's never then meant... Like, we only see it. Right, so it's never mentioned by anyone or anything. And it is one of those things that you kind of think, oh, is this ever going to be revealed? Do you know? And I, I mean, I could imagine that if a certain thing goes down with a certain someone, maybe. But I don't know. Right, it's, it's definitely a curious one, because I think it would make sense, because, yeah, you kind of think to yourself, why would his dad do that? Sure, that's, all, that's a big part of it, that you think, hmm, 
why. Yeah, it's curious. But yeah, really enjoyed episode one. You know, it kind of set the scene very, very well, but left you with a lot to kind of think to yourself, huh, okay, but why this? And how did it get to that point? And what's happening here? You know, like, we definitely learn a lot more about, you know, Claire and Rule. Because we, we're introduced to them, but, yeah, you don't know what the whole deal there is. Like, what happened? But as we kind of learn more, we find about how they met and how it all played out, everything like that. So, yeah, it, it's very intriguing. There is something that happened in the second episode that I still don't quite understand, right? It's to do with the basketball net. That's all I think I need to say. But yeah, I'm kind of like, how did that do that? I have no clue. It's baffled me. Like, yeah, I, I really want that to be explained. Because, you know what I mean? I don't know how that can help you. I was thinking, because I remember there was an F, there was this um, TV series about, um, I think it was like two brothers, I think they were two brothers or two guys that looked very much the same. One was a pirate, I think, and the other one was a noble. And there was a bit when a guy gets hung, but he saved himself by putting a metal tube down his throat. So, yeah, you you know, the esophagus doesn't get crushed. And, th you know, I always thought that was intriguing. But, yeah. Huh. Now, I think mean, that will all become clear if you watch the show. But, um, you know, I guess it is a tangent. But, um, you know, as the series goes on, you know, there, there is the, I think you do get to that point, right? There's certain shows that you watch. And you're thinking, hold on, how is it that they're still getting away with all of this stuff? You know, I think it's one of those things with Dexter, right? Now, granted, I have not finished Dexter. I know, I know, it's been a long last time. I haven't finished it. I think I'm in season three. But you do kind of, you always wondered, how the hell is no one catching him yet? You know, like, this is going on for far too long, like, how is it, and what, there was six, seven seasons, and they're doing another one, so it's just like, huh, how, how do you keep interest if you're going on too long, now, it's five episodes, but, right, you do kind of wonder early on, how is it he's able to do this stuff, right, surely, so, I think, knowing there's only going to be 10 episodes, I think that's definitely a good thing. But, the, 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 when, the way they show him pulling these things off, it then does make a lot of sense for a certain degree. You know, you'd be like, okay, yeah, 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 right, I see, I see that, right, how that can work and all of this. Though, <laughs> I I do kind of, there are certain things with the police, you know, that you do wonder, right? You do wonder. 
then I think it's like the Pellegrino situation and um, Dumont, right? That is all a bit kind of like, huh, how did it get so thick? Especially when we get the, um, the flashback scenes to the past. Because things seem in a completely different place now. So it is intriguing. There is still a plenty of stuff that you're wondering. How, how did they get to there? And why is that there? So, yeah, even though a lot has kind of been covered in these first five episodes, it definitely feels like there's still a lot more to um a lot more to get into now the fifth episode yeah that was definitely that was well played right well i'd say it was well played to an extent because i definitely did not think it was gonna go the way it did okay so that was kind of fun but there is a thing because you do then think to yourself, right? How the hell does homie get from there to there? You know, because you're just like, hmm. For, for a certain thing to go down, it's just like, wait, how do you then get to there? Yeah, it was a bit like, I don't know. I don't know about that. That was one of the one points, I would say. Right? That was a bit... Mm, weird. But other than that... Yeah. Things... Um, yeah, things are very intriguing. So, I'm hoping we don't wait too long for the... You know, the second path. I'd imagine it will be towards the end of the year. But, um, yeah, if they don't wait that long, that would be fun. I, I You know what I mean? I'd, I'd prefer this to, you know, maybe round Easter, right? I think that's probably a long enough break, yeah? Rather than, I don't know, when they do November, October, November, December. It's one of those months. You know, yeah, getting second part earlier would be good. I would say that... If you do like Sherlock Holmes, then yeah, I, f I feel you would enjoy this. But um, another one would be The Saint, right? Now, obviously, the, uh, let's let's not talk about the Val Kilmer film, because that was bad. <laughs> but if you watched any of those old black and white um, Saint stuff, or you did the books, right? Simon Templar is a very intriguing character. Who I do believe they are, um, yeah, someone's got those properties. And I believe it's coming as a TV series rather than film. But, uh, yeah, if you like Simon Templar, the saint, then I, I think that is one of the best correlations to Lupin. But, um, yeah, definitely worth checking out. It's, um, it's fun. It is a lot of fun. Um, the episodes, they're... Whoosh, 
about 40 minutes. But they don't really seem to, to yes, they don't really seem that long at all, really. You know, the pacing is very good on them. So, um, yeah, it's worth sitting down. It's, it's five episodes, so not that long, you know. Not that big a hit on your time, but at the end of it, you will be wanting more. Trust me, people. But yeah, there you go. A Lupin. It is on Netflix and um, uh, worth a check for sure. <laughs> so this week, I went back to my, uh, I don't know, I guess you would say it's my palate cleanser. You know what I mean? Just something not too strenuous, but a little intriguing, you know, enjoyable, some mindless fun. And that is Mark Greeny's Grey Man series. So I'm on book four, which is Dead Eye. As with the previous, it's narrated by Jay Snyder, who does, you know, a good job as he has done. Um, and the gist of this one is this. Ex-CIA master assassin, Court Gentry, has always prided himself on his ability to disappear at will, to fly below the radar and exist in the shadows, to survive as the near-mythical grey man. But when he takes revenge upon a former employer who betrayed him, he exposes himself to something he's never had to face before. A killer who is just like him. Codenamed Deadeye, Russell Whitlock is a graduate of the same ultra-secret autonomous asset program that trained and once controlled gentry. But now Whitlock is a free agent who has been directed to terminate his fellow student of death. He knows how his target thinks, how he moves and how he kills. And he knows the best way to do the job is to make Gentry run for his life right up until the moment Deadeye finally ends it. Hmm. Interesting. To be honest, I didn't know any of that going in. <laughs> I just read the previous three, and we're like, yeah, no, I'm enjoying the series. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll just continue until I don't. And this one, I, I think what you get sometimes, and, I, you know, I've had it with previous books, you know, like the John Milton stuff, like, they're good... But then they become a little tiresome because it can become the same old, same old, same old, you know. Um, and I thought Mil um, the, the Milton books really excelled themselves with book four, Ghosts. But, yeah, then they kind of plateaued. So we've hit that mark again with this series, book four. And I did like the fact that yeah, they changed things up a little, you know, which is always a good thing, you know, it's always a good thing, and um, it starts off with tying up a loose end, right, it's a loose, mm, gosh, I think it's from the second book, 
I believe that's when we we meet, um, you know, our our kind of the character who uh, you know who Court deals with at the beginning. Yeah, I believe we met him in the second book. Yes, maybe in the f I think he might have appeared in the first as a you know a dude floating around kind of thing, but. Yeah, I do think he was in the second. But, you know, it, w it was good to tie up that loose end, right? Because sometimes those things hang around and you're just like, wait, why is that person still there? Why haven't they dealt with that? You know, and it never makes that much sense. So, yeah, it, it was good that that happened. And um, I didn't mind the way it was done, you know. I think... Uh, a, a lot of it is, I guess, one of those things, you know, like there is a point of, ah, you know, nine out of ten times, this goes perfectly fine. On this occasion, it didn't. You know, you, you, you know you're always going to get those things. But, yeah, I think the, the whole mission itself, yeah, that worked. That worked. It, it was intriguing because, you know, as mentioned in the synopsis, he's getting trapped. And you're kind of like, hmm, who is this? You know what I mean? Like, is it the CIA? Is it a another agency? What Like, is it another, you know group on the edge like what what's going on so we kind of find that out which um yeah i mean that works right and um you're then introduced yeah to this other kind of guy who like in essence it, it's kind of a bit like um you know the born Id identity films you know, well, I mean, yes, they're based on books, but, you know, someone else from the uh, program, like Treadstone, as it were, and, and so, yeah, it, and I think the way in which this interaction, you know, is fostered, I think it makes sense, right, it, I think it was a, a smart way to, uh, I guess, kind of get the person on your side, you know? And so all of that, yeah, I think all of that worked. Now, I will say that there are definitely things in this book which you do, I think, scratch your head a little bit about, like the whole um, assistance, because... Yes, you can definitely look at it and go, no, that, that's a smart way of doing it, right? That's a logical way. But also, I think with someone like Gentry, <laughs> I mean, I say with someone like Gentry, like you, you know the person. <laughs> but, I mean, from what we've been, the information we've been given, you'd kind of think that he'd be a bit more suspicious of it because yes it is helpful there's no doubt about that but it is a little bit convenient you know 
And I, I, he doesn't seem to buy into that, right? There's these things happening and you're thinking, I mean, surely he's going to ask for that. And wait, wouldn't he want to know this? But it kind of, yeah, no, he doesn't. And you do scratch your head a little bit about all of that. You know, you're a little bit like, hmm, hold on. Why wouldn't he? You know, and like there is a some information that uh, Whitlock wants, right? And he's always pressing for this information. And I, I think with that, there was a couple of things that I think jumped out at me, right? Questions I had about it. Firstly, right? I'd, I'd have thought that's kind of alarm bells because the reasoning for why he wanted that information, you're kind of like, nah, I don't really buy it. You know, it wasn't a valid enough thing. It wasn't a valid enough thing. And I think Gentry, you kind of would have thought he'd want something. Like, if you're trading... Him giving that info is is more than, you know what I mean? Like what Whitlock was offering up because everyone wanted to know that info. Like everyone. So you'd kind of think, hmm, that's kind of valuable, right? It's a valuable thing. So, yeah, the, in the end, how it like how it all went down and it's just a bit like ah, I don't know and then secondly I think by the, the the end of that kind of situation there's enough there to have gentry on edge right there's enough there and what I thought was gonna happen it didn't seem to happen because I'd think you'd give up false information, right? Now, you could have it virtually the same, but change a few bits. Because, yes, there, there is a moment when he's like, well, you tell me what you know first. And he's like, no, no way, I'm not doing that. And it's just like, yeah, that always means you don't know anything. You know what I mean? Like, But, yeah, Gentry just, he didn't ask for... Yeah, there didn't seem like there was enough, uh, I don't know, like a buffer, right? He, he didn't seem to want that or try and play it in a certain way, you know? Because it just seemed so bait, so bait as a situation, you know? And, and that, I thought, was a little perplexing. Now, the, like, there was definitely a lot in this exchange in the whole thing that yeah was a little bait right was a little bait also on whitlock's kind of side of things like although yes i enjoyed the uh the setup right what whitlock was doing and how it all kind of manifested and all of that again i just thought there was a lot there that uh, seemed a little suspect, 
you know, from everyone's point of view. So it was kind of like, huh, how did it get this far? Like, how's it going to get this far? You know what I mean? It, yeah, it, it's just stuff like that always seemed a bit like, uh, I don't know. Like, and I think this is the thing with these books. Why I say it's like my uh, palate cleanser, because if you, you know, try and dissect them too much, if you think too much, there are holes. You know what I mean? There are a, a lot of holes. So you have to kind of just be like, I, I'm just, I'm not going to think. You know what I mean? I'm not going to kind of try and break these down or look into the plots and everything too much. Because if I do, it's going to super frustrate me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, that's the thing. And, you know, I, I think possibly, yes, I, I do that too much, right? So I, I'd imagine not everyone is, you know, being over, you know, critical and like, oh, what about that plot? I don't know if he'd all the cornflakes at that moment in time. It doesn't add up. Hold on a second. Didn't he have mint tea in book one? Hmm. Yeah, like, you know. I don't think everyone's doing that. It's probably just my weirdness. But, uh, yeah, the, the, those kind of points just jump out. I would say as well, right, there's, a, like, the situation with Ruth. Now, the way all of that plays out, like, I don't know. There, there's one of these things that you would kind of feel that people in the field don't they all have like you'd think they'd all have a you know a certain equipment list you know there's a, a, a there's a um there's a point in the story and it's like um something happened and it helped a guy out because of what he was wearing right which then kind of makes you go hmm yeah, makes sense, right? And you think that then that should, you know, I, I think just play out with everyone, but it doesn't seem to, which, yeah, is a, uh, yeah, is a baffling thing. You know, it does make you go, well, yeah, obviously, right? If, if you're in certain situations, wouldn't you all, yeah, I'd have thought so, you know, and even when you kind of, you you could look at it and go, oh, but their, their kind of roles are this, but I kind of feel, you know, the, with the way they do it, there is more of a crossover, a bleed through, so you think, yeah, they'd still, you know, so yeah, that, like that, the way it kind of all played out, you kind of think, eh, man, like, it, you know, story-wise, I get why they did it, you know, it makes sense story-wise, but, yeah, I, I'd kind of think, mm, like, if, the, the same thing could have happened, 
right? But maybe you play it a little differently, right? And you say the thing went in a different uh, spot. Yeah, then that's like, okay, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. Uh, you know, fine. I'm down with it. I think, um, you know, uh, where this then positions things, I mean, it does open up other possibilities, right? I think it does that. And you think also it kind of, um, hmm, well, it would mess up things on the hunt for gentry, right? With uh, Denny, Denny Carmichael, right? So it, it's, it's, it must have an impact on that front. So, uh, yeah, you, you do kind of wonder, you know? So I think going forward in the, um, you know, book five, six, and seven, you do wonder, right? Mm, how, how will this play out for the CIA as well as Gentry now? You know, so I think that makes it a bit intriguing. Right, I, I think one of the things is, because I started off with book eight, which it was a it was okay to start with book eight. Because um, I think it, you know, there wasn't a lot of baggage in the way it was written, where you'd be like, oh, I don't know that, and I don't, oh, what are they talking about? You know, there wasn't too much of that. There's a few little references, but, you know, for the most part, all is good, you know. But I have forgotten where things were in book eight, right? So, yeah, now when certain things happen, you think, oh, ah, I wonder what the fallout for that person is going to be. Now, I can't remember if they were in book eight. So, yeah, it's, it does have a lot of intrigue still. Which is a good thing, for sure, for sure. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I was fine with, um, as I said, look, the way all of this played out and um, moves the story on. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I will be back for Backblast, book five, at um, some point soon, you know. That will be my next... Uh, foray into a palette cleanse after delving i don't know maybe i'm gonna hunt out another another trilogy or something you know but uh yeah i will i will be continuing with this you know and um yeah book 10 came well book 10 is due out early this year so uh you know there's plenty yeah, there's plenty of uh, material to uh, rock with, which is good. But uh, yeah, I'd say if you've enjoyed the previous, then Dead Eye, you know, as I said, look, it changes things up slightly. You know, it comes at a different approach. So um, interesting. So yeah, worth a listen for sure, people. So uh, check it out. Okay, people, so we have reached that time. <laughs> it is 
coming to a close on another episode But before we do, we'll look and see what's happening in the world of TV So, um, man, things are happening at the CW, you know So, um, their long-running show, Arrow, Green Arrow, ended And it looks like they were doing a, um, a spin-off series, you know they um, kind of did a backdoor pilot. It was Green Arrows and the Canary. Right? So um, that was a plan. No more. You know? No more. So I think, that, you know, the, the, the setup was um, Diana Drake, uh, Mia Schmuck, right? And uh, Laurel Lance. They would team up to protect um, the timeline. You know, that was the idea. But, yeah, it it seems for whatever reason, CW has decided to cancel that. So, um, yeah, fans of um, those characters, I mean, they're going to have to wait around and see if they... Appear in one of the many <laughs> You know In the many of the DC based shows on the network um, Some other news So um, you know Amazon have been prepping Their uh, TV Reboot Of I Know What You Did Last Summer And um, Yeah so they're working With Sony Pictures on that one and they have um, just uh, announced, you know, some details, right? So it's going to be written by Sarah Goodman, um, based on a, the book a book by Louise Duncan. I had no clue that the film was based on a book, but yeah, based on a book. And um, the cast is going to be Madison Eisman. So she's going to be the lead And then there's going to be Brianna Tiju um, Ezekiel Goodman Ashley Moore Sebastian Amoruso Fiona Rene Cassie Beck Brooke Bloom And Bill Heck So um, yeah that has, um, yeah, that's all been sorted out. Um, and executive producers will be Goodman, along with Shay Hatton, Neil Moritz, Pavon Shetty, Eric Vig, James Wan, Rob Hackett, and Michael Clear. So, yeah, um, Craig McAnelly is directing. Um, yeah, so, um, there you go on that one Uh, something else that's getting revived And that's Lords of Dogtown So this is coming from IMBD TV And, uh, yeah They are, um, you know, turning the, you know, the really good film and documentary yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Because, yeah, we had the film 
and like it was pretty much on the heels of that documentary so um yeah we we were hit with a lot of dogtown back in the day and now we're gonna get more so it looks like it's gonna be one hour episodes and um it's based in the 70s right in california and centers around a a girl who's um teenage girl who is you know a teenage girl essentially right up to no good into scraps all of that stuff she grows up in foster care um and soon falls into a crowd of skaters skaters who idolize the fame zeppa skate team and then it begins so um yeah no cast have been announced but kate chandler um she's gonna write and executive produce the thing um with katherine hardwick sean ryan manny hookman um yeah they're gonna be executive producing along with her so uh, yeah, could well be interesting. I, I I feel it's coming because the Betty, you know, that did so well. You know, hopefully they're doing a second season of that. You know what I mean? Um, so I didn't watch the second season, but I feel um at the end of the second season of the Umbrella Academy. Um, so they, you know, everyone returned from the future, and um, yeah, they were met with a new group of sparrows, a new group of kids joining the academy, essentially, um, you know, in their roles, as it were, you know, the the old archetypes and all of that. Kind of thing. So, um, yeah, the the cast of these characters have, yeah, that's been announced. Okay, so um, it says, um, we've got Kazi David, Justin Cornwell, Brittany Oldford, Genesis Rodriguez, and Jake Epstein. So they're going to be the roles And the characters they will be playing So um, Cornwell is playing a character called Marcus Who they're saying is a chiseled colossus And the team leader Right, we've got um, Justin H. Min um, Is playing a Machiavellian tactician called Ben. Right, so um, you know, uh, Brittany Oldford is gonna be s- the smart but misanthrope Faye. Um, Jake Epstein, he's gonna be um, Alfonso, a scarred bruiser. Then Genesis Rodriguez, she is a romantic dreamer called Sloan. And um, Kazi David is a snarling 
hooded loner called Jamie. So, um, yeah. Um, there you have it. I, yeah, there, there, that's it. That's the, um, the new cast. I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, people that enjoyed the, um, second season, they'll be happy for that, right? Um, some weird news from HBO Max. They're, um, bringing Sex in the City back, right? At first, I thought, oh, so they're just, you know, redoing it, but no. So this is a limited series revival, which brings back the old cast, right? So, um, yeah, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis are all returning. Um... And, oh gosh, it's going to be 10 half-hour episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Right, so um, it's going to be executive produced by Michael Patrick King. Um, yeah, it's an odd one. Now, the, the person that isn't coming back is Kim Cattrall. So I don't know how that's going to be explained or what the reason is. I think I remember reading something that they've all fallen out, but I don't know. You know, I guess it will be, um, yeah, mentioned in the show. Maybe she dies, you know, something like that. Who knows? But yeah, Sex and the City, people. Does anyone want that? <sighs> Who knows? Um, some weird news as well, right? So, um, yeah, there's going to be a TV series of 1984. I mean, I, I thought that was 2020, but no, no, they're actually going to make a TV series of it. Now, the odd thing is, it's supposedly not based on Orwell's book, but based on a state, the stage adaption of the book. Yeah, I don't know, it's baffling. Like, why don't you just do just the book? I don't know, maybe, um, you know, this, the Broadway play was um, different in some ways. I don't really know, but yeah, that is, um, that's happening, people. So, Robert Ike and Duncan McMillan, uh, along with Paul Lee and Dave, David Flynn, will be executive producing uh, the show. Yeah. All right. And, um, yeah, so FX... Um, yeah, FX, they're, uh, I think they're Disney, right? But, um, yeah, they are teaming with Danny Boyle to, um, create a, uh, limited series. It's gonna be six parts, and it's gonna be based on the Sex Pistols. A little punk rock and roll? Hmm... So it said that uh, Craig Pierce um, has, uh, you know, written 
a lot of the episodes and created the series uh, along with Frank Cottrell Boyce so um, you know it's meant to be based on um, guitarist and band co-founder Steve Jones's memoir Lonely Boy Hmm. Yes. So, um, yeah, I know people, right? If you're into punk rock, then, hey, you could be, uh, you know, this could very well be your um, cup of tea. But, uh, yeah, I think they've, um, you know, cast some people, right? So we've got. Toby Wallace Who um, will be playing um, Yeah, the the guitarist Jones Um, Also uh, We got Arson Boone And he's going to be playing Johnny Rotten Louise Partridge Is the bass player Sid Vicious and Jacob Slater will be Paul Cook, the band's drummer. So Macy Williams is said to be playing um, Jordan. I don't know. Supposedly she's a punk rock idol icon. Oh uh, yeah, I have no clue. Um, yeah. And um, Sydney Chandler is gonna be Christy Hind. Um, Fabian Frankel is gonna be playing Jen Glenn Matlock, who was an original band member. Dylan Llewellyn is Wally Nightingale, and Emma Appleton. Is Nancy Spungen. So, um, yeah, it's uh, getting underway in March, I guess, as, as long as, um, you know, no more crazy lockdowns or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, could be interesting, people. Uh, so, a little while ago, Matt Reeves, um, you know, he's uh, he's Batman. Um, you know, he's getting a um, a prequel TV series, right? Which Reeves is executive producing, and it's going to be based on um, the Gotham Police Force, right? So it's a year before the film, all of that. So. Um, yeah, I think it's it's meant to be kind of like Gotham Central, the, the comic book series. But everything went a little bit askew as um, Terence Winter stepped away from the project for creative differences. But now, um, Joe Barton has stepped in to be the new showrunner So, uh, yeah uh, You know, everything is now getting back on track With um, that one um, Other comic book news 
So um, we know, uh, you know, Marvel Studios is doing a Moon Knight series for Disney Plus, and um, they just announced, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the team behind it. So Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. So um, they're coming on board to a direct. Um, a big chunk of the episodes right? And um, they will be joining Mohammed Diab Who will be doing the remaining episodes uh, Jeremy Slater Who, uh, yeah, actually he's the showrunner on the Umbrella Academy He is uh, going to showrun this one Right, so um, Yeah you know, Oscar Isaacs is, um, you know, he's going to be playing uh, Mark Spector. So, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. And um, the story revolves around um, Spector, who is a mercenary with numerous identities, who becomes a conduit for the moon god Konushi after being left for dead on a mission in Egypt. Hmm, it's a yeah, it's an interesting um comic book. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Now I have to say, this caught me um by surprise. So a little while ago, um CBS was developing a TV series on Michael Connolly's The Lincoln Lawyer. Mickey Haller And at the time Right, so it was one of those COVID cancellations And at the time It seemed that Amazon Were going to take the series over You know Which made so much sense Because they've got Bosch You know, Titus Weaver So you kind of felt They could, you know Start creating a um, You know, a Michael Connolly Universe you know, have Bosch turn up because, you know, Bosch and Haller are brothers, right? So, um, yeah, you thought that was going to happen, right? David E. Kelly's, you know, producing it all, right? But, no, it has just been announced that Netflix are, uh, are now the home for this show. Yeah, interesting. So, um, yeah, the, you know, the season will, it, it will pick up from book two, The Brass Verdict. Uh, they've also brought on a, a new um, Mickey Haller. So this, you know, because CBS had, um, they'd already cast someone, Logan Marshall Green. But, um, yeah. He will no longer be in that role and instead will be Manuel Garcia Rolfo. So, um, yeah, I'm intrigued, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with that. And finally, people, this is a good one to end on. So for months now, 
Amazon had been letting us know cast members and all of this for, uh, you know, their TV series of The Lord of the Rings. I do believe that it was recently renewed as well, right? So um, now we have the synopsis, you know, for the show. So it says, Amazon Studios' forthcoming series brings to screens for the very first time the heroic legends of the fabled Second Age of Middle-Earth's history. The epic drama is set thousands of years before the events of J.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and will take viewers back to an era in which great powers were forged. Kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin. Unlikely heroes were tested, hope hung by the finest of threads, and the greatest villain that ever flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover all the world in darkness. Beginning in a time of relative peace, the series follows the assembly cast of characters, both familiar and new, as they confront the long-feared re-emergence of evil to Middle-earth. From the darkest depths of the misty mountains to the majestic forests of the elf capital of Linden, to the breathtaking island kingdom of Numer, to the furthest reaches of the map. These kingdoms and characters will carve out legacies that will on live live on long uh, after they are gone. So um yeah, finally a little bit more information. And I got to say I am yeah, I you know, I love the films. So I'm really looking forward to this one. But people, I think that's us. We are done. So we will see you again next Wednesday. Keep safe. Have fun. And uh, yeah, see you then. Peace.